0: Welcome to the Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast, covering agriculture and all things related in East Carroll, Madison, Tinsall, Concordia, and Catahoula Parishes. Hello everyone, and thank you again for listening to another episode of the Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast. Um, today you have me, Kylie Miller, and Mr. Dennis Burns. Say hi, Mr. Dennis.
1: Hey, I'm here.
0: Hey, and then we also have a special guest with us, Mr. Uh, Doctor Daniel Stevenson.
1: Hey guys, how are you?
0: Well, today we're going to talk about one thing and one thing only, and that is bridegrass. Um, We've been seeing it a lot around here. Uh, I know you've been preaching to everybody about what we need to do. Um, let's kind of go through that again so we can get that information out to everybody.
1: OK, um. Glyphosate resistant Italian ryegrass has very quickly become the most talked-about weed problem in the state of Louisiana. It was uh, the most talked-about weed problem in Mississippi for a long time, and it's still quite problematic. But it's just really exploded this year. Uh, Kylie mentioned, you know, we've been preaching about it. I think when we use the term "preaching," people may get turned off to it. So we're just going <laughs> to talk with you about it. Um, for all you guys that are listening, this is a this particular pest is a winter annual. The majority of its emergence occurs in that late October through November timeframe. Really, depending on what part of the state you're in. So, yes, you could find some emerged in September. You could find you can find some emerging in december it'll even emerge in january and february but the bulk of what we have to deal with in the spring and i'm referring to that late january and the february down time emerge in the fall one of the one of the best ways to combat it is to use um is to try to catch it when it's small i mean that's like every weed species that that we try to target with a, a chemical treatment or even with some sort of tillage treatment. Or even if you're just using your hoe, it's a lot easier to take a hoe to chop a small weed than there's a big weed. So when is ryegrass small? Well, it's small in the fall, and I didn't mean to rhyme there. <laughs> so,
0: right, Just a second, I want to remind everybody too, you have a video on that as well, don't you?
1: Yeah, about chopping weeds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's pig with- uh, ryegrass. And look, I'm going to be honest with you, ryegrass is more aggravating to chop with a hoe than pigweed. I can't
0: is. pull it up unless it's, yeah, when it gets big, it's out of my range.
2: Ryegrass is worse than
1: pigweed. Right. It's just all around right worse. Well, and I'll, and Well, I know, and we'll get to the control strategies, and I'll speak to that, Dennis. We have determined through a lot of research that there are ways to control glyphosate-resistant Palmer amaranth, the water hemp, so pigweeds overall. There's a numerous residual herbicides that will provide control, and I know Arkansas has got instances of resistance to a lot of some of the other herbicidal modes of action. Here in Louisiana, we're not seeing that so much. Um, the use of residuals in season, so take mixing with um, the other crops, uh, things that we can control not other crops with the herbicide. We can control pigweed. So yes, Dennis, from the fact of having tools to control a particular weed species, ryegrass is more difficult than palm ramrath.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I referenced Mississippi a minute or so ago. This problem, this became a significant problem for them, oh gosh, I'm going to guess 10 or more years ago. And um, Dr. Jason Bond and uh, Dr. Tom Eubank, when he was with Mississippi State, and Dan Poston, Dr. Dan Poston, years ago, he's kind of got started. They really worked very hard to develop um, programs, and that is something that uh, Dr. Donnie Miller and I discussed years ago, that instead of trying to reinvent the wheel, um, utilize what Mississippi State has designed because look, those guys up there <clears throat> tested every herbicide. I'm not going to say every, but almost every herbicide there is from a residual, in a post-emergent standpoint, trying to determine what will control glyphosate-resistant Italian ryegrass. And they developed a pretty solid program, and they have found, and they they have found that really fall herbicides. So. You start in the fall. So you've got fall treatment timing, which is a residual. Mm -hmm. So for example, in anywhere in the state, let's say Halloween, Halloween, November 15th. Either if there's ryegrass emerged, you perform tillage to destroy it, and then you apply residual herbicide. Or you do a tank mix of a paraquat formulation with a residual herbicide, and the residual herbicide depends on what you're going to plant next spring. But honestly, except for rice, it is a a, a S-metolachlor, metolachlor-based program.
0: Mm-hmm. So if you're
1: going into corn or cotton, it's S-metolachlor. Dual, dual magnum is the original generic. This is the original name. There's other generics. If you're going, you can use boundary, which is, and there's generics out there. That's a premix of s metribuzin if you're going into soybean. Cotton is s dual. Rice is command. And we do have a 24 c label now for fall applications of command going into rice. So target that weed when it's small, either with tillage or paraquat to kill what's emerged. The residual herbicide is there to prevent it. And there are reports from throughout the state that these farmers who have utilized fall herbicides are very, very happy with the ryegrass control they've seen in the spring. The next step in Mississippi State's plan is after the fall residual, you begin to scout. Now, this is not a do in the fall, do in the spring, doing, you know, doing the late winter, doing the spring. This is they're kind of stacked. So you put out a fall residual, you start scouting in in January, early January, looking for any uh, escaped ryegrass, right? And generally, it's going to be very, very small. That's where a Clefidem application can be utilized to kill it. And I know everybody who's hearing this is saying, oh my gosh, Clefidem doesn't work. We'll talk about it in a minute. Because I'm pointing out we are targeting small ryegrass, the Clefidem labels, all of them, even the assured label. States like 4 to 6 inch ryegrass was smaller, not tillered. Okay. I, there ain't many instances that we've used a graminocide, clethodim, or assure in that way against ryegrass. We've always waited until burn down. Well,
0: mm-hmm. unfortunately,
1: Mississippi right. State's program—that's when you start thinking about paraquat, because their data showed that you know, clethodim was not going to control multi-tillered ryegrass mm-hmm. that was large. Well, in Louisiana, what we've done is try to tank mix clethodim with our burndowns. So, clethodim tank mix with glyphosate 2,4-D, clethodim tank mix with glyphosate, dicamba, and then some residual valors put in there. And the auxins, particularly 2,4-D, antagonizes clethodim, so you can increase the rate of clethodem to maybe overcome the antagonism, but you're still targeting a weed that is too big in the first place. So mm-hmm. we began, we began in Louisiana automatically putting clithhodem in a situation to fail.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And by doing that, we allow this ryegrass plants to survive produce seed <clears> that have, potentially have the ability to survive clethenium applications next year. So in other words, we're creating resistance. And we're working to confirm that. we. There's a whole story why we hadn't done it yet. We're not good on that road. But if you don't kill it with ryegrass, if you don't, I'm sorry, if you don't kill it with clethenium, pretty much bet you've got more likely got resistance than not. Um, so that's that's where we've positioned ourselves, guys. So now we're in the world of, we're getting ready to, to plant. And we've got ryegrass that's 8, 10, 12, 16 inches tall at some points is beginning to in reproductive stage. And phone calls are coming in saying, you know, can I use some Clethodem to kill this right now? And the answer is no. Can I use some assure to kill this right now? And the answer is no. You're, you're not going to kill it at, at those standpoints. Really, Paraquat is your only choice. Um, so what our growers have got to remember, Dennis and Kylie, is we've got to use fall residuals.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, here comes the complaint. I don't want my beds to erode. Perfectly valid, perfectly valid scenario. However, we've gotten to the point to where if we don't do something in the fall, then there's very little that we can do <clears throat> suggestion, herbicidal suggestion standpoint in the burn down, I'm talking February, March. There's very little thing, thing we can suggest that you do, particularly if you're planting corn. So we've we've backed ourselves into a corner, is, is what we've done. Daniel, I got yeah. I got a question. Okay, go ahead.
2: And this is just an observation here at the at the station, um, where we had cover crops, where James Hendricks has got all his cover crop stuff uh, research. We don't have the ryegrass. You have an occasional plant in those cover crops. Is ryegrass is it and this was also another conversation later is it it's not is it not very competitive when it comes up uh out there i mean when it comes up like in the spring or whatever is it just not is it just not very competitive or the cover crops
1: are they holding it back or what that that's a great segue into to what i was going to say next when uh Dennis, when Dr. Josh Copes was was with us up there at the, you know, the St. Joe Research Station, um, he did a lot of work with cover crops. And one of the things that was his idea, and he got me to work with him on, was planting um, a cover crop, and we evaluated cereal cereal rye and and crimson clover and austrian winter pea and and tillage radish and we looked at what can we spray now this was not focusing on ryegrass guys this was just mm-hmm. weed control mm-hmm. can we spray a herbicide into a, an emerged cover crop without mm-hmm. killing the cover crop that would provide residual control and what uh, our data determined was yeah um take cereal rye because crimson clover and austrian winter pea and tillage radish are not going to do a good job of competing with ryegrass. Cereal rye will. Mm-hmm. and We'll touch on wheat in a minute. So let's just stay on cereal rye. His Our data showed that two weeks after emergence, you can spray a pint to a pint and a third of a, a, an esmetolachlor. Um, post-emergence into cereal rye, you'll see no injury, then you have a residual herbicide there between the rows that's offering weed control, but you also have the, the competition standpoint of the cereal rye competing with anything that emerges. And even with no herbicidal treatment, where we had ryegrass, we saw very, very good weed control just from a physical competition standpoint, Dennis. So that mm-hmm. does support what, you're, what you said, is that, yeah, we can out-compete ryegrass if we've got something there to combat it. So that is a big, big positive for cover crops.
2: Well, um, I know. And, and with, in addition to the cover crop, and this, is, this was a conversation between James, myself, and Roger Leonard, one day we were looking at cover crops and we we're looking also where on the station we had two corn trials that we just shredded the corn stalks last fall and we sprayed for, we sprayed to kill them anything that was up at that time and we left them all winter. And we haven't had virtually no ryegrass in either one of those trials, except now it's broken down and I see a few plants sticking up. And we were talking about just not being very competitive and and the comment was made that everybody sprayed burn down there wasn't really a whole lot of ryegrass, and then all of a sudden you sprayed your burn down and it's like it released it it's just everywhere you know and that that was the not that was worrying about the competitiveness of it
1: yeah and so to your first statement about the the shredded corn stover that you just left that there on the ground so you essentially (laughs) had Soil coverage with the shredded biomass from the corn yeah. out there all winter long. So, in in essence, it was like putting pine straw in your flower beds. Yeah, you know, you you had something out there that was a physical competition, a physical barrier that prevented light um, from reaching the soil surface. So it may have delayed or decreased um, germination and ultimately mm-hmm. emergence of the ryegrass. That's it's it's all the same principle here, guys. Whether You have some sort of physical barrier, whether that be the corn stover, which we need to do some research into the corn stover before I just jump up Mm -hmm. and say, start doing, um, versus a cover crop, which we know Mm -hmm. works, versus a herbicide, which we know works. Mm -hmm. The whole point there is we're doing something to combat glyphosate resistant Italian ryegrass in the fall. Mm-hmm. In the fall. Yeah. If we continue to wait until the spring, it's just gonna to continue to get worse. Now this this year, not 2022, but from crop harvest of 2021 until burn down. If y'all remember the month of December was pretty warm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So that just that was the perfect scenario for ryegrass to grow like gangbusters
0: mm-hmm.
1: i'm not talking about getting 12 inches tall i'm talking about just growing you know multi-tillered and so dennis you're talking about you do and you burn down um this year you know a lot mm-hmm. of guys glyphosate we tried you know a germinicide with an oxen type herbicide and so i don't know Clethodim or select or generic select intensity, whatever, um, a 2,4 deer dicamba plus a valor. Well, We really didn't have something out there at the sufficient rate to kill ryegrass because the clethodim rate wasn't sufficient.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, we saw overall poor burn down in the first place from that. But once we removed all the other weeds, so even where we had glyphosate in the burn down, once we removed all the other weeds, you're right, ryegrass was sitting there, not dead, and no longer had any competition because you got rid of the, of all the shepherd's purse and annual bluegrass and the south thistle and the hen bit and so on and so forth. <coughs> hen bit was bad this year too, for the same reason that ryegrass was. Um, so it just exploded on us. And, and as Jason Bong and I talked about that, he was the one that pointed out how warm December was. Thinks that's one of the reasons that we had such a problem. Um, see, ryegrass and bit in Louisiana have almost identical emergence patterns. Mm-hmm. Both are gonna start coming. You, you could see one here and there in September, October begins to really ramp up. But when you get close to the Halloween, through the middle of November that's when it explodes so if you if y'all think back this because henbit, bit think back on the farmers so you farmers out there who are listening consultants dealers where you have seen late season tillage due to something late bean crop late cotton harvest but mm-hmm. you wrote your beds, you got your beds ready for the winter later than normal mm-hmm. the next spring you had very little weed pressure you had some, but not near the amount of wheat pressure that you've had in fields that you worked early. So if you harvest the corn crop and you did all your tillage and worked it under and got it all nice and pretty, and it's September, and that field's put up ready for, ready for the next year. Those fields look like a chia pet when you it oh, yeah. up. <laughs> but mm-hmm. those that you worked into late October into November, where you could where it's dry, just just physical tillage would destroy that emergence. And it goes a long way to, to, to help. And because tillage, a double disc is one of uh, Mississippi State's suggested control strategies in the fall.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm not talking about hipping. Hipping does yeah. not destroy things.
2: No, it just, buried, it just brings, it repositions them.
1: That's right. Mm-hmm so it's like these these hipper choppers these guys are using now they'll tell them i'm gonna run a hipper chopper and i'm just gonna destroy those weeds out there no you're not you're just really burying them is all you're doing and they're going and they're going to come back out after it rains oh yeah ryegrass transplant's really easy yes it does (laughs) you know dragging it from field edges i mean Dennis you you were talking about the explosion we've at the DD Research Station, where I'm domiciled in Alexandria, we've not had a ryegrass problem. This year, we're getting a ryegrass problem, and it's all starting on that outside bed to maybe one bed in, and mm-hmm. it's beginning to encroach. Um, you'll see one here and there out there. So, we have the beginning of a problem if we don't do something. So, we have. We're going around field edges right now, and we're we're chopping. Um, I mean, I'm putting out a high dose of glyphosate, just trying to see. And thankfully, right now I'm killing it with glyphosate. I don't think I have resistance here on the research station yet. You don't have that luxury, Dennis. No, no. I'm fact, so, we have. I'm pretty sure we have clathedum resistant. Project. Oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it. I, I wouldn't doubt it. And guys, this is just not. I know this is a, a Northeast Louisiana podcast, but for our growers who are in Pointe Coupee. St. Landry, um, the east, the eastern part of Evangeline, Avoyles, uh Rapides, obviously, Natchitoches Parish, and then on up into Caddo, Red River Parishes, the northwest part of the state, it's bad there too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So this is just not a, a northeast Louisiana problem. This is a, a state of Louisiana problem. Mm-hmm. Then, I don't work in sugarcane, but Dr. Al Orgeron has identified ryegrass that Paraquat won't kill.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They have a, superior, a severe problem with ryegrass control in sugarcane. Yeah. So it is quickly becoming a, a very difficult problem. And I'm, I'm not trying to be alarmist, but what I'm trying to say, guys, is you need to do something in the fall. Well, Daniel, let me, let me say, I, the ryegrass
2: in tensile has exploded this year worse than we've been for the last couple of years. They've been putting out residuals in the fall, the Gramoxone plus a residual. And it's been, we've had bare soil. We've had some, we've had erosion problems, but they haven't had the ryegrass. Well, this year they got ryegrass in fields that had that and I'm assuming it's spring ryegrass, everything and the residuals that run out, and you're yep. seeing bare fields that now have ryegrass. It's not yep. bad, but it's plants scattered all over the fields, and those plants have gone to sea. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, and here at the station, well, ours just exploded terribly. And then, I mean, it's worse now than it's ever been, and we're just like everybody else. But you can't ride through Tinsall Parish, and Cali will back it up Concordia, Catahoula, there's not a field that doesn't have ryegrass in it, either uh, live
1: or dead. Well, it's, Dennis, it's, it's East Carroll, West Carroll, Morehouse, you know, Tensaw, Richland, uh, Franklin. I mean, it's, it's everybody. It's everybody. No, nobody is exempt from this problem. And to point out what you just talked about, Dennis, that, yeah, we use something in the fall, but now we've got something in the spring. If y'all remember when i was discussing mississippi state's program mm-hmm. it's not a choose one of these three it is a tiered effect yeah um, it starts in the fall but you better start scouting in the spring and so if you can catch that ryegrass when it's three four five inches that's where the data shown cleptodem will work so when your mm-hmm. guy would be thinking and you may be thinking but daniel I have resistance. What size weed were you targeting with clethidem in the first place? Multi-tillered, mm-hmm. too big in the first place. It's off-label. Yeah. Off label. So, well, once again, it- stated earlier, we put clethidem <clears throat> and now we're putting a sure because of the shortage of clethidem in a situation to fail. Yeah. Automatically.
2: Well, it's, it's, a, and, and you're not being an alarmist. You're because you did the pigweed thing. You were preaching pigweed when it was before it became a real problem, and we figured out how to handle it using residuals. And we're going to have to do the same thing with the ryegrass. It's going to have you got to keep it. It's easy to kill if it doesn't come up. It's right.
0: Take it serious.
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. And I got one more question, and I got to go put out some fertilizer, (laughs) so on. on, on these fields that have been killed, that had ryegrass in them, and it was big, but they used paraquat, and they basically just smoked them. I mean, they they put it out and killed them, uh, but the ryegrass is still out there. They're fixing to try and plant them, and we got some here on the station we're going to do. Uh, is it is the ryegrass just being dead out there, having been dead out there for two or three weeks, is it going to affect yield?
1: Well, that's, that's a great question, Dennis. And once again, I'm going to cite some um, information on Mississippi because, again, they were filed earlier than us. They actually looked at in soybean, would a ryegrass plant reduce yield? Now, we know it will reduce stand. I've mm-hmm. seen that in photos. We've all seen that. Yeah. But Jason told me that rarely do they see a yield reduction due to ryegrass. Now I'm not talking about planting to a pasture, guys.
0: No,
2: you're talking about I'm
1: talking yeah. about one and two and three and four out there here yeah. there. So it's, it's not as detrimental to soybeans as it is as corn. But mm-hmm. let's think about it. We're putting on a say a thirty-eight inch single row, we've got about eight to ten seed per row foot of soybean. Mm-hmm. Right. In corn, we're at two-and-a-half to three-and-a-half seed per row foot. In cotton, we're about two-and-a-half to three seed per row foot. Mm -hmm. So the two crops that, just taking that information, the two crops that we plant that you may very well see a yield reduction from physical competition due to ryegrass would be corn and cotton, mainly because... You just that you got so few plants in a row middle, and it's just the physical. You got a Mm -hmm. giant standing beside a little baby trying to grow. Yeah. And there's enough of those soybean plants out there that they can overcome that. Mm -hmm. And as much a yield reduction. So if I'm planting so corn's gone, there's nothing we can do about it, there's no herbicidal treatment you can spray on corn. There's well, back up. Some folks Sometimes a product called Accent, which is Nicosulfuron, will work. However, there's a strong possibility that ryegrass is also resistant to the ALS chemistries and herbicides. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, or it won't work. So, the expectation of being able to control it in crop and corn is zero. If I've got a cotton crop and I've planted cotton, I'm about to plant cotton, and I've got Two, three, four, five, twenty 20 ryegrass plants scattered across the field, if mm-hmm. you go out there and chop them out, you're going to be better served because, A, you're preventing seed production if it's still alive, and, B, less than the physical competition in that microclimate of that ryegrass sitting there beside this, you cotton plants trying to grow.
2: Yeah. Well, it's – that, and that's scattered all – you see it all over – the parish is just you know, here on the station. You see, you see ryegrass plants and they're just growing and, and they, some of them have been killed. Some of them, some fields have been killed. Some haven't, you know, uh, for one reason or another.
1: Uh, I mean, it's, We know, Let, it's let's, it. let's step back to three of us and let's pretend that we're a farmer and we have, you know, one, two, 3,000 acres of crops. And they listen to this podcast and they just heard me say, you know, go across the field and chop it, chop yeah. some right. That, that's not a very palatable thing to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, do I want to jump on a side by side or go walking with the hoe in my hand, chopping those things? No, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, that's, it's human nature we don't want to do it we want to spray something and kill it make it the easy button we want to press that easy button that um (laughs) it's unfortunately there is no easy button guys Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and uh we're if we don't start thinking about next year
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: taking the steps right now to help with next year it's kind of like me and losing weight i need not get that second helping the lasagna i had last (laughs) night
2: (laughs) losing weight but it was good, though, wasn't it?
1: Man, it was really good, but I know it's going to hurt me later. <laughs> and that's the whole point. That's the whole point. Unless we take those steps. And, I mean, I've seen pictures of guys, friends of mine on Facebook, who are farmers up there, walking out of fields carrying pigweeds. And I'm so yeah. proud I'm seeing them do it. Mm-hmm. That's the same thing that we're going to have to do with this ryegrass.
2: Well, and, and here here's the, my thing on the ryegrass. Every roadside you see. It's epidemic. I mean, this it, it's worse than pigweed because it's in it's everywhere. It's in all yes. the every ditch, every everywhere, any roadside is just covered in it right now. Yes, and I mean,
1: I don't know. For the guys that that only have it around their field edges right now, they feel you're very. It's not across. You know, you don't see the middle of the field. It's just right around. Close to the turn rows, close to the ditches, the the possibility of this fall actually just ring in their field the residual herbicide rather than broadcasting mm-hmm. the entire field, that's a good possibility, and that's mm-hmm. that's a good way to help prevent. You know, maybe just plant a cover crop around those edges, or just you deal with a little bit of erosion you could have a, a close to the field edges um, by using the residual herbicide. So those mm-hmm. those are some options instead of having to spend the money because I know. Somebody's probably thinking, "Dude, I'm out of money come October, right? You oh know? yeah." And uh, you, know, Kylie's husband's a farmer. I mean, so she knows, she sees the books. You know, money ain't great when you come down. Sometimes, well, Kylie and, and Will probably rich. They don't have to worry about that. Uh, <laughs>
2: they, they farm that ice cream ground, Fitzmael. yeah. That's, and in, it's in, it, in it's, some, it's yeah.
1: something that it's something that they have to think about. You know, and all those other farmers. So it's like, okay, do I spend the money now to invest in next year? And that's mm. what it's, it's investing into the next year.
2: Well, all right. Well, you've doom and gloomed. i mean, I'm, I'm.
1: Thanks, Dan. <laughs> everybody, everybody tells me when they call me, I'm doom and gloom. I mean, dang, gummy.
2: But that's all <laughs> right. That's all right. Look, you did all that with the pigweed and pigweed is not really for us. I mean, it's not really it. It pigweed is an accidental something happened. And when you have pigweed in the field, sprayer messed up something, there was something happened. Uh, and we got, and you did you, I'll give you credit. I mean, you preached it and harped on it. And it, was all,
1: it was all of us, Dennis, everybody in the action center got up and, you know, Dennis. you guys out in the field, Donnie and I, um, everybody, you know, but,
2: but i mean it we we got to control the pigweed we and and the whole deal is what we said is it's easy to control if it doesn't come up and we're going to to do that with ryegrass. but we've also got to balance erosion so i mean there's some things we got to balance and figure it out
1: yeah and back to one more top topic i know you got to go back to cover crops and ask the use of wheat or pasture wheat
0: mm-hmm.
1: um for some reason, guys, we just have a really hard time killing wheat in a burn down. Yeah. but very rarely do I hear about a problem killing cereal rye. I actually mm-hmm. had one guy this year told me that he struggled to kill cereal cereal rye, that it began to regrow after a glyphosate application. Um, that's a head scratcher, to be honest with you. I don't have a reason for that, uh, but I do know that... If somebody calls me and complains that they haven't been able to kill their their grass cover crop nine times out of ten or ninety nine out of a hundred times it's wheat, whether it's pasture wheat, or green wheat.
2: Yeah, well, we don't even recommend for a cover crop. Don't use pasture wheat because you don't know what's in it
0: right
1: yeah
2: right. and was
1: as I did a study this year with pasture wheat where I sprayed a, a pound of glyphosate. Uh, January, I'm sorry, December fifteenth. Weekly during the month of January, and then February fifteenth. Mm-hmm. Every time I sprayed glyphosate, all those timings, I killed the pasture wheat. Uh, mm-hmm. Different levels of dead. So during that cold snap in January, it did you know say like an eighty-five out of a hundred. It didn't mm-hmm. do great, but the February and the early January and December's, I smoked it. Also did Clefidem. Uh Cleftedium killed it, January fifteenth, December fifteenth through January fifteenth. But after January fifteenth, I didn't kill it at all with Yeah. So there's a huge. So what we're seeing is there is huge effect of this weather on these systemic herbicides. You know, does it get translocated? Is the, how's the plant working? So. My point to say all this is, is I killed it myself with glyphosate, but it wasn't always that great, and it really is weather dependent.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So the cereal rye, I smoke all the time. So I'm a, I'm a big proponent of cereal rye, just, just because I can mm-hmm. kill it with herbicide.
2: Hey, Daniel, we appreciate it. Look, I got to go. Yeah. They waiting on me. All right, guys. <laughs>
0: all right well thank you we uh we would love to have you back anytime you got something you want to share with us all right y'all take thanks
1: care.
0: bye-bye the louisiana delta crop podcast is produced by the lsu ag center extension service for more information visit the lsuagcenter.com or contact your local extension office